London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to the London Property Podcast. Today we're in conversation with Kelly, who's the co-founder of Stay and Escape. Kelly, please tell us about how it all began. Um, so I had a co-founder, Anna. So we were away in Italy, actually, in a beautiful property. And um, we were just there for a week and we thought, like how incredible it was to be in such a stunning property um, with such little commitment. And um, I've never sort of done that before in London. So we thought, let's come back and explore, maybe starting a new company because we're both looking for new opportunities at the time. Um, So we came back and realised it was a thing, but not sort of done in the way that we wanted to do it. So uh, we combined her skills, which was sort of more concierge services and marketing with mine, which was the background in property and sort of Airbnbs um, and launched the company, Stay and Escape. And then here we are. Nice. <laughs> okay. So uh, Stay and Escape, basically, uh, you specialize in, in, in really beautiful homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and are these homes generally homes that are owner occupied and they're not using it or are they investment homes as well? Is it a combination? Honestly, it's a complete combination. So originally when we started out, I think, you know, we ha- we were going more for contacts we had that we know that maybe Anna had worked with before in marketing and uh, were she knew were traveling sort of six months or plus of the year. Uh, so it's the perfect solution for them uh, over a long term let. So we started out that way very much so. And then as we grew, I think we realized that we could do this model with homes that were empty for the whole year round because initially we didn't know if that that would be possible. Um, so then we have some investment homes now. Uh, we have people, a lot of people who want to sell their homes so they're empty and they don't know how long they'll be empty. So they don't want to commit to sort of long-term lets. Um, but yeah, it's a complete combination at, at the moment, to be honest. Yes. And uh, also, so, 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 so from a planning perspective, for, so for the listeners who might not realise that there is a bit of restriction... So the planners allow in most boroughs that you can do holiday lets, which are shorter than three months, for three months a year. Yeah. So how do you manage that process for, for, for clients? So I, I try to categorise it into three different ways. So there's holiday, holiday lets is how I would define it for anything under 90 days. So sort of two, three week bookings and so, so on. Um, and then we have short term lets, which are three months plus up, up until sort of six months to a year. And then you have long term lets, which is obviously standard AST lets over a year or so. Um, so with holiday lets, you can only do those up to 90 days. So we'll do that over peak season, generally summer, Christmas, or, you know, have a look at each property in the areas and see what works best. And then we'll do a combination of short-term lets to try and get people in for sort of three, four months at a time, which is the best way to sort of get around those restrictions. Um, And then very occasionally, for example, over COVID, we might sort of throw in a long-term let, or if that's the preference of the owner, we might might do that um, just to see the comparison. Okay, so so these properties... Um, basically they come fully serviced, right? So somebody walks in with their suitcases straight from the airport and talk us through that experience. So what, what is, what is that whole experience that you've created for, for? the tenants and as a service for the landlords? Absolutely. So, I mean, even before they come, uh, once they've 
sort of booked booked with us, we can sort of pre-book any services that they might want. So if they want to have a luxury car, collect them from the airport, we can arrange that with them. Um, depending on the property, some properties we do face-to-face check-in. Obviously with COVID, it's a little bit more difficult at the moment. So we might, if they're coming in the middle of the night, we'll make sure that there's a way for them to check in. Um, and then down to sort of the linens, so sort of Egyptian cotton linens and fluffy towels and everything sort of done beautifully in the property and then once their stay begins um, it can be housekeeping they might want a private chef to come in so it really is a sort of bespoke service for each tenant depending some tenants want to be completely left alone and some tenants want us sort of involved in their entire stay so we sort of think of ourselves as a hybrid between a property company and a concierge service Um, but yeah it's very much bespoke services and how do you how do these tenants find you it's such a combination, honestly. It's some come through friends or previous tenants, which is obviously not how it started in the beginning, but we're very lucky to have a bit of a reputation now. Um, other than that, we, we still market on all the standard platforms. So although we aren't sort of like Airbnb, we do market on Airbnb, but then if someone does book through there, we have our own restrictions and everything and sort of our process once they've booked. But we use those marketing platforms as a tool to find tenants um, or through our own website, through word of mouth, even through Rightmove. It really depends on the property. It will depend on where we market. Okay, fantastic. So if if I'm a landlord and I want to start this service, what's that kind of onboarding process that you do with the property? So first things first is we always like to sort of visit the property because every property is completely different and we don't like to have a sort of one fits all strategy with them. So we'll come and have a look and we'll assess if we think there needs to be any improvements before we'll consider even taking them on. And this is part of our sort of exclusivity that we want each property to be of a certain standard before we take them on. Doesn't mean we won't take them on, but we'll sort of give them a list of of recommendations is what we sort of call it. To, to then be able to go forward. Um, and then we'll just sit down and speak about what, what they're looking for, if they're more keen to have the sort of holiday lets or the short-term lets, or if they want security over freedom. You know, every landlord's completely different. Um, and then we'll go away and create a, a sort of bespoke proposal for them. Um, and after that, once they hand over the keys, it's honestly the easiest experience for all our landlords. I promise you, you can ask them. Yes, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm um, sure. So, yeah, we just take over everything in terms of it. once they've signed up, we can even, you know, handle improvements on their behalf, involving them throughout the whole process, of course. But, um, yeah, from start to finish, we're very much hands on. So you have a team of of uh, people that you train in your way, yeah. right? So so you you were mentioning that you know you have certain sheets, towels. So is there sort of signature um, requirements that you have for the landlord so that the experience match to your brand? Yeah, absolutely. So across the board, we sort of will send a list of things that they that we will be purchasing ahead of time which are just to be honest it's pretty standard stuff it's not a, a an, an insane amount of things but it will just be those sheets and those towels and everything after that we take care of so we'll make sure we have our own sort of guest amenities and that's all taken care of by us but it will be sort of consistent throughout all the properties which is what we which is what a lot of our guests like especially the ones who have st- you know stayed in one property and then gone to another property when they've returned if it's not available and they know they're getting the same experience even if it's a completely different design and style inside um so yeah we we just take on everything i mean some of our properties even we have one in regent's park which the landlord wanted us to completely redo so we did a whole interior design refit 
on that property. Um, so yeah, we'll either outsource or we'll get sort of, I'll do it. <laughs> to be honest, I do a lot of the stuff myself. I'll do yeah. a lot of the hands-on stuff myself with a team behind me. That's really good to know. And uh, so the the big nightmare of property management when things actually go wrong with the electrics and the plumbing and the leaks and this and that. So that also all comes to you as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, if it's anything guest related, that's all on us anyway, regardless. Um, but it, even if it's not, even if there's something that's technically under falls under sort of landlord's responsibility, we're happy to take care of it. Um, some of the landlords have their own maintenance teams that they want to keep on which we will work alongside with and we'll make sure we communicate with them or we have our own maintenance team that we can sort of send in as well. So we've all been retrained, I think, in in, in the past couple of years to be accommodating to letting people into our properties, you know, without all the legal documentation and the tenancy deposit scheme and all the rest of it. Um, and I guess the rights of a tenant in a holiday scenario is not quite the same as as the tenant's rights. I'm just, you know, being devil's advocate here. If somebody goes into your property, and, and I hope you haven't had this experience, mm-hmm. but it must be something you've thought about. If somebody goes into your property, either damages it or refuses to leave, mm-hmm. what what's the fallback position for a client there? Absolutely. I mean, they don't have any sort of rights that a long-term tenant has in terms of squatting or anything like they can't just not leave and we, we it's not an eviction process that has to be put in place um luckily we have never had that happen where someone refuses to leave um but legally we could change the locks whereas with a long-term tenant you know you you can't change the locks it's, there's a whole process to go through so if it, if it ever did i think uh, yeah, i won't go into what the process would be because I, it's never happened before yeah um but in terms of damage Sometimes things happen and often it's not sort of malicious or anything, but we either take a deposit if it's a direct uh, booking, which is normally two weeks, which is has always been more than enough. Um, and then if you're booking through a platform, say Airbnb, they cover hosts up to £600,000 uh, worth of damage. So, And then that's a process you do through the platform where um, even if the guest refuses to pay out, then Airbnb will will pay you. And then on top of that, we advise landlords to get a, um, a holiday letting insurance, which we recommend through a company called Guardhog. They're a very great company. Um, and it just gives that a- extra little bit of cover. For example, if Airbnb refused to, co- to cover anything, um, which has, again, never happened before. Uh, but generally, we have our own insurances too. So if it ever did come to it, we want them to feel like coming to us. If a guest ever did cause damage, that we would eventually would fall back on us. That's great to know because I'm 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 one of those very vocal people about this whole Airbnb uh, syndrome that we were experiencing before mm-hmm. COVID, where people were posing to be tenants, taking long term leases on properties, and then running Airbnbs through them, yeah. and they were using uh, most people's lack of knowledge of the Landlord and Tenant Act. Uh, where they thought they couldn't change the locks. Mm-hmm. And there is, you know, there are nuances in law, yeah. which makes it in the other scenario a little bit complicated. But, yeah. you know, uh, it's good to know that uh, if you go down the route of doing holiday lets as a thing, um, then you're a lot more protected than you are if you are in a long-term tenancy situation. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we in particular, stay and escape, even though we use Airbnb, we still have you know, our process to make sure that we're keeping the home safe. So 
if you're just, you know, any person using Airbnb, you might choose to go on instant book and just let anyone book without sort of asking them questions or taking ID or anything like that and assume that the that the platform does that for you. However, I think over the years, although we haven't ever had any terrible situations, we've realised that yes, it is just a platform, but you don't know if that's the, that's the person who's booking, as you say. So you need to make sure you're safe. So we don't do instant book. We'll only do review. So we'll review every every guest. We don't accept anyone under 25, which I know we were just talking about with students and everything. If they have a parent who's willing to guarantor them or to help them book, we'll consider it. But generally, we want at least the lead guest to be over 25, um, which even Airbnb recently put in place to stop sort of parties and things like that. And then we'll also take copies of ID, even though they upload it to Airbnb, we don't get those that ID ourselves. So we make sure that all, every single guest who's over the age of 18 has to send a copy of their ID and address of permanent residence and, and everything. So there's such a process that we, that we do before we'll give them any access to the property. And honestly, there's been a few times where people refuse and they would rather cancel the booking. And that's when you know that maybe their intentions weren't as they said they were. So it's a good way to sort of push out anyone who's, um, yeah. <laughs> who has bad intentions. Uh, so the, the service that you're providing uh, on properties, it's something that uh, in America, at least, it happens, you know, in some long-term tenancies. They're, they're, they're big corporate landlords in, in, in America where they actually make a good 10, 15% of their income from the lifestyle services that they give to their mm-hmm. tenants. So, you know, the gray stars of this world where they have thousands of units and, and, and then they have this sort of additional services. Mm-hmm. So you're finding that uh, landlords who've used your services, if they then let their properties through other agents or for long term, uh, do you find that they they want your services as a bolt-on to kind of keep tenants there happier and for a longer period of time? Or is that not something that's developed yet? I think, um, I mean, to give you an example, we, we also do work with agents. So a lot of the major estate agencies over London, we work with them, but they will choose to let us manage them because we have, we offer all these extra services and they don't want to go in and be sort of checking if the towels are, are of the right quality and the sheets and sort of, you know, dealing. Honestly, some guests, they message you every single day with a new request. And so a, a huge corporate sort of estate agency can't handle those sort of constant demands, whereas that that's what we specialise in. So sometimes we even do partnerships if they have a tenant who wants to come in for only three months or so and we'll manage it for them. So I think... Um, some landlords prefer to use us in combination with an agent if they have a tenant coming through. Otherwise, I do think that they like the sort of bolt-on services that we offer, especially down to sort of the interior design, which is sort of more on the landlord side than the guest side. Um, it's just something that they would have to pay huge amounts of money for otherwise, but we sort of charge you know, a, a much lesser fee because we're also getting the property to rent rent over a period of time. So it's a sort of extra fee rather than a whole interior design fee or something like that. That's good to know. So is there so, so working with agents, is is there kind of a retail wholesale side to your business where you could do a different arrangement with someone who's bringing the business constantly, obviously. So if agents mm-hmm. wanted to use your services, mm-hmm. then they would be able to 
um, talk to you about that. And I guess for, from a landlord's perspective, a happy tenant is a, is, is a longer tenant. Oh, absolutely. And I honestly stand by partnerships are one of the main reasons we built this company to where it is. So I'm always willing to partner. You know, it's not us versus the agents, which I think sometimes people think it is. It's not. I mean, we work aside buying agents, as you know, we work aside estate agents. And I think that's the best way to do it is to keep those uh, sort of great relationships across or London, you know, we were all working on the same properties, often we're competing. So why compete when we can work together? That's the way brilliant, I brilliant. I, I I love all these businesses that are, that are developing in, in, in recent times. And I think you're absolutely right. It's really important to collaborate. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us. It's been fascinating. And uh, we'll be uh, no doubt sending you business from our platform. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.